Jamie, we're, we're trying something new here on the show. Throwback Thursdays. We're, we're going to try to connect with the kids, the youth, and their Throwback Thursdays. The kids. Yeah, the kids and their youth. Uh, 20 years ago today. Something kind of important happened. Something kind of important happened. And you made a very good point before we came back from break. I make a lot of very good points, Well, Chris. it depends. That you brought up the fact that we are starting the Throwback Thursdays on such a high note with such a big event that, like, the ebbs and flows of, like, next week's Throwback Thursday probably not going to have the same impact as this one has. Probably not. Uh, it's tough to top tw- the 20-year anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob. 20 years ago today up in Montreal, Bret Hart lost the championship without pinning uh, being pinned or being Technic- or uh, technically submitting. I don't I don't believe he submitted. I watched the film, he did not. Earl Hebner was very clear in his call. I I don't know what I believe about the whole Montreal screw job situation. So let's start with this. Do you believe that it's a work? Because that seems to be this weird tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. This is all a work all along. I, I do not fall in that camp, by the way. It's tough for me to believe that. Brett was too mad afterwards. I I I don't I do not believe that this was all prearranged. No, I, I, I do not. I, I don't believe that at all. No, I I question who knew. I question who was involved in the decision. That because that I don't know. I wasn't in the room. Uh, but to believe that they went, they they Brett and Sean and everybody was in on it, and this has been a work the whole time. No, I can't. I can't believe that. Yeah, especially considering everything we've heard about the relationship. Between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, leading up to and after that, I, it's just it, that's too unbelievable for me. Even as a cynical wrestling fan that likes to see all these backstage things, and I think they're you know you get worked a lot. I can't see it. So who do you think was involved? Who do you think knew? Well, as and I've I've watched way too many documentaries, both WWE and not WWE based on the Montreal Screwjob. From what I understand, it was obviously Vince McMahon's decision. They had to get the belt off of Bret Hart. But they had to get the belt off of Bret Hart because Vince was told that he needed to get Bret Hart's 20-year contract off the books because WWE was going through some tough financial times. That was a toxic contract to have on the books for them. And they signed him to that contract to keep him away from WCW originally. And Vince went to him and said, can you go see if you can get that deal from Eric Bischoff and WCW back again? And he was able to. But Brett and Sean didn't like each other. That was no secret to anybody who watched wrestling or was around the wrestling business at that time that they didn't like each other. And Brett didn't want to drop the title in Canada. He, would, he uh, the, There are conflicting reports, but I believe he was willing to do it the next night on Raw. Yeah, there are some reports. Was he willing to do it the next night on Raw? Was he just going to come out on Raw and give the title back to Vince McMahon and not lose it at all? Who knows what would have happened in that case? And as weird as it sounds to say, like you're not, you don't want to lose in Canada, which, by the way, it's also ridiculous. You're in the wrestling business; you're not actually the the world champion. It's a it's a work. So well, everything, well, everything is a work. Uh, but even beyond that, considering the few that they had been building up over the course of time, of that the Hart Foundation were the major over baby faces in Canada, and they were booed in in the U.S. and vice versa for Shawn Michaels and and DX and. I don't know, but all I all I know is that if you're going to leave the company in wrestling tradition, you drop the belt on the way out. Mm-hmm. That's how it's always been done. It's the the old, you know, you go out on your back. Right. Type of thing. And Vince McMahon had wanted Shawn Michaels to be the next one to hold that title. Brett should have dropped the title. Wasn't going to. And and this is the part that's interesting because this comes after Medusa took the WWE women's championship about eight, nine months prior. 
and dropped it in the trash on live WCW on Nitro. Now, Eric Bischoff has come back and said, yeah, but the lawsuits that we were fighting about wh- whose belt could be on TV and whose property or whatnot, he says there was no chance on earth he would have had Bret Hart bring the WWE title with him, that they would have been – the lawsuits would have would have bankrupted them. There was no way he was going to do that. But did Vince not feel comfortable enough taking that chance? And that seems to be what the issue was here. That's – that is – a major part of it, and you, and you, you know, what did Shawn Michaels know? What did Triple H know? Those are all the questions that some wrestling fans want answered. Well, and, and from what I understand, Shawn Michaels knew what was he. Knew, they knew the plan as did Triple H. They knew what was going to happen because Triple H was there to get Shawn Michaels out, out of, of the there. ring as fast as humanly possible. Right. But the more important part of this is what this became. And yes. What this became was the launch of the Mister McMahon character. Mr. Vince McMahon was no longer just an announcer that happened to be on TV. He was revealed as the actual real-life owner of the company and as the story-life version of Mr. McMahon, this evil character, this this the worst boss that you could ever have. Everybody's had a bad boss at some point in their life and could say, yeah, I want to pay to watch that guy get beat up. And you know who they paid to watch get beat up? It was Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And who did it? The Stone- biggest star in wrestling history, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The other part of this, and, and I think I don't want to overstate this, but I don't know if without that moment in Montreal that we get the attitude error that we got with Austin and Rock and Foley and Michaels and Triple H, and, and I don't know if we get that. It would certainly be different because as over as Stone Cold was, you always need a dancing partner. Yes. And Stone Cold would have been over as a top guy, regardless of whether Vince McMahon had a character on television or not. But would he have been the most over wrestler and sell the most merch in wrestling history if he didn't have that Mr. McMahon character to play off of? Because the dynamic between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon was the Attitude Era. There are other things that happened in the periphery that happened. DX, NWO, and the other company. There were other big moments that happened. But ultimately, when you say Attitude Era, what is the first thing you think of? And it's Austin Stunning McMahon. Right. And I think if if Vince doesn't go on television the next night and say, no, Brett screwed Brett, that promo, all of those things played into the creation of the Mr. McMahon character that, I mean, played not just a major role, played the biggest role. In WWE for a very long time. I'm of the mind, if we if we had to do a power ranking of sorts, of WWE most important characters of the Attitude Era, Stone Cold is one, Mr. McMahon is two. Yes. And it, he is above The Rock, he's above Triple H, he's above The Undertaker, for me, in the way I thought, does that feud carried the show for three, for two years? You don't have... A super mega over babyface without a very hated heel. It doesn't work. Legitimately yes. hated heel. Not like somebody that people would pay. They would throw things. Actual money. That that's the difference. There, there there's because nobody has real heat anymore because we're all too smart to the business. Nobody has real heat anymore. Vince McMahon had real heat. There were people that because you, ultimately and and to go back to the point we made about Sammy and KO, although that's on a, such a smaller scale than this. This is a the Best example, the textbook example of how you take a real-life scenario and turn it into a work on television and make a lot of money. And that's what they did with with Montreal Screwjob. They did. Which, at the time, 
I mean, now I, I, I don't want to say looking back on it, it doesn't look as important because, oh, they just, you know, they, they just, they, they ended the match whenever they felt like it. But like in the moment, you saw the fans' reaction. You saw Brett's reaction. You saw Vincent. You saw Sean's reaction. He was he was mad. Good actor. Yeah, he was mad. It was at the time, and I think maybe if you look back now, one of the biggest moments in wrestling history. It, it is, and I think we've we've become numb to so many things in professional wrestling nowadays because one, we have access to so much. Mm-hmm. And this is the only downside to having the access to the entire WCW, WWE, WWF, Mid-South. I mean, the entire libraries that we have access to is that we all of a sudden realize that things aren't as original as they seem in the moment. And, you know, they've, they've tried to mimic, uh, the, mimic the Montreal Screwjob too much. And they have, have so many documentaries and so many round tables talking about it it kind of feels like an issue it's like all right we get it yeah we get it there's there's like there's there's a like a jfk files feel to it of like it doesn't even matter what happened what didn't happen anymore it's just been talked about so much from so many angles but the thing to me it was the launching it was the big launching point to the attitude era it wasn't the start of the attitude era quite because i i would argue that you know the the first like tinge of the attitude era was probably gold dust's gimmick like if we start thinking about like when that came out and how vastly different that was compared to everything else on WWE programming, that's so that you know we can argue about where the starting point was, but the Attitude Era wouldn't have peaked the way it did without Austin versus McMahon. It just and, would not. And have. you wouldn't have McMahon versus Austin if you didn't have the Montreal Screwjob. Exactly, it all ties into one another. At least you wouldn't have had it in to the level it to was. the level it has. Like right. you because you, you can book heat, but there's nothing like again. It's that it's that. That fine line of why work shoots are good. You tell them A, something A, which they know to be true. You tell them something B, which you know to be true. And then you lie to them in C and D. And that's how you make a work shoot. Because the audience goes, well, I know this is true and I know this is true. So those two things must be true as well. And if you get fans to buy into the, yeah, I know this stuff's choreographed, but that's real. If you get fans to buy into that, that is the money zone. That's gold. That is gold. You're just you're printing money at that point if you're able to do that. And you can and you created a character, which by the way, Stone Cold Stilton wasn't a tweener. I don't care what anybody says. He was a babyface. If you created a scenario where someone said, I can relate to that guy, I don't like my boss, or I didn't like my ex boss, or I got fired from my job and I wanted to do this, and all that they want to do is, man, wouldn't it be cool if I could just, you know, give my boss a stone-cold stunner, drink a couple of beers, and walk up the ramp. Wouldn't that be cool if that were me? And that is how you create somebody people want to rally behind. And to take it to modern day, we don't have that. No, they don't have anybody close. And they, they might not ever again. They might somewhere down the line, but the business is so different now. The business is different. The booking is different. The style that they're going for is different. A lot is different. A lot has changed from 20 years ago. To today, a lot has changed in professional wrestling in 20 years. It was such a counterculture product at the time, which is why wrestling was as over as it was. I think it can it can have that counterculture vibe today while still being mainstream. There are a couple of easy steps that they could take to, to make it go back that direction. But to your point, I mean, you talk about an over babyface and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mr. McMahon played a very critical role in that, and that doesn't happen if his character is not born 20 years ago today in Montreal at Survivor Series.